And uh, because of Vacation Bible School, we're going to take a look at Noah. And it is rather uh, lively up here, uh, especially with our singers uh, and the motions and all. And it will be very lively uh, tonight and, and through the week. But you know what? This is a very serious subject. The theme of Noah. Um, I know it's it's put forth to be a uh, uh, a lively kind of a scene, and it's supposed to be uh, enjoyable and all that for the children. However, when we get right down to it, this is one of the most somber events that we see in Scripture, and it's designed to cause you and I. To ask about our own faith. How's your faith? Most all of us in here say we believe. We believe in Jesus. And so the challenge behind this message is one about uh, challenging us in the area of our faith. And a lot of times we, we say, oh, I get, I get the idea of faith. I get the concept of faith. I, I understand it. And yet I really wonder. There's times I have to, you know, look at myself in the mirror, so to speak, and say, how's my faith really doing? See, faith is, is, is at the core of our Christianity. And yet, for many Christians, it's something that's like the slippery soap in the, in the bathtub. You know, it's, it's, we don't have a grip on it. And we need to have a grip on this. Because of what we're dealing with in life. And when you really look at the life of Noah, this is not just some little children's story that is there to, hey, let's save the animals! This is something far more serious. But we uh, have the, the task before us of trying to make it something special for the children. And so that's why we need your help in praying for the ministry that the Holy Spirit will do, that the, the truth of the Word of God will have in their lives as we share with them. So let's, uh, let's ask um, Noah... To speak to us here today. Noah, tell us, what, what's it like living by faith? Okay? That's the idea behind our message here. What does it mean to live by faith? And so if you haven't turned there already, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7. And uh, in this passage... In Hebrews, by the way, if you're using the Pew Bible, please use it. It's page 1007, 1007 in your Pew Bible. All right, good. Hebrews 11:6 is the very famous, familiar verse. And without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. And that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, 
being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Obviously, this is a section that deals with the the people of faith in the very beginning of time. Okay? Abel and Enoch and now Noah and then to come Abraham. So what we want to do is just really uh, simply look at these points. Uh, You can follow along in your outline that's uh, provided there in the bulletin. What does it mean to live by faith? Number one, faith is initiated by God's grace. We must understand that. In this story, it sure seems like everything about Noah was because he was a really good guy, he was a righteous guy, and therefore God gave him grace. That's a typical thing that Americans think, that we merit, that we earn God's favor uh, because we're really good people, because we go to church, because we do righteous things. No, no, no. We've got it turned around there. And this is the principle throughout all of Scripture. Get this. It's always God working first. God first loved us. Okay? God first did His work in us to cause us to have a response of faith. And so we would even say that faith is a gift from God. Okay? Noah found favor. That's Genesis 6, verse 8. We just sang that. He found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. God started it off, not Noah. God saw fit to grace Noah's life with grace. That's the idea behind grace. It's a gift. So God has saw fit to grace Noah's life. And for you who are true believers... God saw fit to grace your life also and allow you to come to faith in Christ. And then it says in Genesis 6 verse 9 that Noah walked with God. There's that progression. Here's God's work and now here's the response. And Noah walked with God. In particular, Noah's faith is a faith that works. Right? It's a faith that works. A working faith is what we see. And at the end of the verse, we see the reminder of the true source of Noah's faith. As it is with all of Scripture, so it is here with Noah. He was not deemed worthy because of his good nature. No, it's all about God's grace given to start up a work in Noah's life, which produced a righteous walk. Yes, I believe Noah grew up in a godly line of people. Okay? He grew up in a, you know, with a godly line of, of father, grandfather, great-grandfather. I, I think that's, the, that's obvious there. But let us always remember it's because God did His work. Here, even in the Old Testament, demonstrating this pattern that we see all the way through Scripture. Okay? And it produces a righteous walk in you and I as believers. It it should produce a working faith, a holy life, 
uh, a life that is opposed, that stands against the world's way, a life that in a sense condemns the world system and that stands up for godliness and holiness. So that's the, that's where we start. What does it mean to live by faith? It starts with God's grace. Number two, according to what we see in Hebrews 11.7, faith takes God seriously. That's a, an important point, I believe, especially in our day and age, in the church generation that we have. Faith all too often is very frivolous and lighthearted. It, it, it needs to take God seriously. Noah, you know, it says, by faith, Noah did what? He, he had been warned by God. Warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen. What was that? Well, there's judgment coming. That's what's unseen. That's what he's getting at. Noah being warned by God regarding the events as yet unseen. So under number two, we want to deal with God's warnings that have always been there. God's warnings have always been there. Go back to the Garden of Eden. What did he say? And the Lord God commanded in Genesis chapter 2, the, the Lord God commanded Adam saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat, you will surely die. Is that a warning? <laughs> right. And so it is, as, script, as we read through Scripture, we continue to see those warnings coming forth. The people of Israel are being warned repeatedly. Don't go off with other idols of other nations. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't say that you brought about your own deliverance. Don't boast in, don't glory in what you've done. There's warnings throughout for God's people. And so it leads to the issue that God in his very personality, in his very nature will bring forth his, what? Letter B, God's wrath. God's warnings will... You know, keep us from God's wrath. And again, folks, this is a, a topic that we don't hear a lot about uh, among uh, in, in Bible studies and preaching and etc. etc. It's like we don't want to go there. Actually, it, it's very uh, it's very much a fearful thing when you let Scripture speak to your heart. God's wrath is something that. Naturally speaking, I want to avoid, I want to stay away from, I don't want to, I don't want to address people with God's wrath. Why is that? It's like that goes against our society. That goes against our culture. That goes against what we kind of believe as, as good, neat, cool human beings. Why would we bring up this topic of wrath? And yet, in the scripture, there's God's wrath being poured forth. God's wrath manifested, poured out numerous times, not in a completed way, but in a kind of a partial temporary way. God's wrath. Well, that's what the flood was about. 
It was about God saying, you know what? I've had it with this generation and there's coming a flood. And he warned Noah. Said, it's coming. And so God's wrath is poured out when people have failed, especially like we see it in the Old Testament, people have failed to repent of their sins. People have violated God's law, transgressed the procedures of of worship. Nadab and Abihu, their strange fire, wrath poured out. Okay? Joshua in the land uh, and, and the sin of Achan. And he took and he hid the treasure under and put it under his tent. And God said, here's, here's wrath against that act. And so it will be this business of warning and wrath. It'll be true also with the coming of the Son of Man. The coming of Jesus will be just like the days of Noah. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. What is that? They were acting like everything's fine. They're eating and drinking. And this is, these are the words of Jesus. Eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Life goes on. Fa-la-la-la-la. Isn't it wonderful? And yet, until the day... Noah, this is Jesus saying this in Matthew 24. Until the day Noah entered the ark and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Folks, Jesus is coming again. And there's, yes, there's different views as to how that'll happen Many people believe the church will be raptured and that's the coming of the Lord. Well, yes, that's the... For those that believe that, have that understanding of the rapture of the church, the, the rescue of the church, but Christ is coming again. And He's not coming as a little baby. He's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and there will be wrath poured out. There will be righteousness that will be set up. And again, that goes against all the things we grow up with in our system of living. Because most of us have grown up with the idea that we just kind of carry on. And, and generation after generation, they'll just carry on, carry on, and, and life will get better. That's the idea behind evolution. Life will get better. And yet Jesus says this. Jesus is the one who died on the cross, who was buried, who rose again, and He said, I will return. And this is how I will come. It'll be like in the days of Noah. And the day that that flood came, it was too late. The day of Christ's return will come in like manner. And God does not merely use this as a, as a scare tactic without being serious about the actual execution of this judgment that He will bring forth. That's why then we are motivated, we ought to be motivated to tell others as we, as we share the gospel news. And as we share that gospel news, we can say, you know what Jesus did? 
Jesus stepped in and the wrath of God was poured out on him at the cross. That's what he did for us at Calvary. Okay? So faith starts with God, God's grace, and then faith takes God seriously. It's not just some fantasy thing that we all like. We like happy endings, so we're going to go with God. No, we take God seriously with the warnings because God is a righteous judge. He is a holy God. He's going to keep His word. And for those who have placed their faith in Christ, you're in the refuge of Jesus. You're in, you're in the ark. Praise the Lord. Number three, faith brings forth good works. Faith brings forth good works. Or we could say it brings forth fruit. It's signs of real life. A, a true, genuine faith brings forth signs of spiritual life. And so many Christians just think, hey, I got my ticket to heaven. I'm saved. I, I'm sanctified. I, I'm whatever. And they sit back and there's no action to their faith. What does James tell us that that faith is? Faith without works is dead. So, and this is what many, um, there's a lot of places that get this twisted up, turned around. It can be a church that teaches the Bible. They can put forth the issue of, you better do this, Christian. You better live this way. And then God will bless, you know, that, that, that idea that we put the cart before the horse. You know, we better do good works, right? Better get, get our act together. Well, that, that goes against what we just said in point number one. That it, things are initiated by God. And we, we realize that that reservoir of grace never empties out. Never and so we're motivated by grace. And that's the idea that in point number three, faith brings forth good fruit, uh, signs of life. In reverence, Noah prepared an ark. He was moved with fear, prepared an ark. That's what, you know, here, here we go. Faith is not a mere mindset by itself that you sit back and feel good and, and secure by your, yourself sitting in your room. Faith is supposed to affect one's behavior, right? In how you live. And many of you understand that and know that, but we need to clarify it and speak it forth, saying this is what true, genuine faith is about. It produces good works. It produces good fruit. And so, letter A, it's, it's an obedient faith that we see here. It's an obedient faith. He, Noah, responded with obedience. Think about this, you guys. You you let this sink in when Noah started this. As we understand it, he didn't have his children yet. So he went out and chopped down some trees by himself. Had to have, I mean, unless he had some workers with him. But that that doesn't seem to be the case. We don't really know. But Noah started by going off and saying, okay, where's the gopher wood here? Let's, let's go after it. And he got to work on the ark. And, and another beautiful thing about this 
example of faith is the Bible is clear. He did it God's way. That goes against the American kind of thing, you know. Hey, I, I, I know how we can do a shortcut here. I, I can figure out a, a better plan. No, Noah didn't do that as far as we know. All that we can tell from what the scriptures give us, Noah had an obedient faith. And then the whole idea of the, 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 the realm about him, the, 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 the presence about him, whether he was close into the, the busyness of a, of a city or whatever, and the, the pressures from other people. So it wasn't just an obedient faith. It was a persevering faith, right? And again, this is real, this basic stuff. Living by faith means that we are moved by fear. Noah responded to God's warnings, not in some willy-nilly, runaway, fright kind of thing, but he responded with genuine spiritual devotion a, a, a reverence, a respect for what God had communicated to him, saying, I'm going to flood this world. You might not know what that means, I'm going to flood this world, but I'm going to flood this world, and I'm going to wipe out everyone. So here's what you do, Noah. You build this ark. You do it this way. You build it with this wood. You put that pitch on it, because that pitch represents something else. You know, it's the idea of propitiation. It's going to cover. It'll cover the, the boat. It'll cover the ark. It'll keep you safe. It'll keep you afloat. All that. It's, it's just, that's, uh, what is so amazing behind the actual building of the ark. And I'm sure many of you have already seen the, the pictures on the internet of the actual life-size ark that has built, uh, been built in what state is it? Uh, Kentucky? There's something uh, Mandy and, and John Fredericks have gone back there and visited. and um, Life-size. And uh, uh, Ken Ham, the director, ends up visiting with Bill Nye, the science guy. And, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy, what do you expect him to do? What do you expect that man to do? See the ark and say, oh, boy, yeah, I agree with you now. I understand now. I see the light now. No. Here's a man who is opposed to biblical Christianity. He wants to present science as the the answer and all. So, anyway, we need to stay on track here. (laughs) So, the idea behind faith brings forth good works brings to light James chapter 2, verse 17, faith without works is dead, that this is an obedient faith, it's a persevering faith. 120 years of building it. And again, it's like to many of us in our minds, this seems like it's a fairy tale. Eh, nah. If that's the case, my friend, you've not been letting the Word of God wash your mind We're not talking about brainwashing. We're talking about the Word of God in its truth, leading you and guiding you into the the fact that this is true. Jesus references Noah. Jesus references many other Old Testament characters. And Jesus rises from the grave 
there's the proof of everything. Everything hinges on the resurrection, doesn't it? So when we see these kind of stories in our minds, typically lean towards like, I don't know, that's hard to understand. Okay, let's go back to the truth of the resurrection. The truth of the resurrection is, is there. And that's what we build everything upon. Okay? So, how is your faith in this regard? Is it an obedient faith, a persevering faith? And I know for a lot of us, we say, oh man, I, I don't match up to Noah. I don't know who does. Well, it's the idea is that you and I can grow in that same direction and walk in that same direction of obedience and perseverance in times like we're living in. Young people, you're going to be facing much more difficulty, I would gather, in my mind, what we see happening. There's going to be harder stuff happening as you are adults. More and more opposition to Christianity in this country. With, when you are an adult, what will be the thing that you fall back on? It can't be mom and dad's faith. It has to be your faith. You growing in the things of God. Okay? So faith brings forth good works. Point number four in the back of your bulletin, or the outline, is faith stands firm. Faith stands firm. And notice... Letter A is against the world system. This is what verse 7 says, that he, um, being warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an art for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world. Okay? And really, I want to I remember the priority for us as individuals is your family. For the saving of his household. He had that priority there, right? He understood that. Again, he had taught his uh, family as they were born, the children were born. He was teaching his family about faith in God, demonstrating that. But this phrase that he can by this, by the building of the ark, he condemned the world system. And certainly, it's not the attitude that we take to unsaved people. That's not the point. But it's the world system that we are, in essence, speaking against, standing against, saying, that's wrong. That's against God. That's against His Word. Listen, faith in Jesus Christ will always stand opposed to this world's system. And it means that we don't go for what it promotes. We have to be discerning. We have to understand. This is a part of the world system. I don't, I'm not supposed to love that. I'm supposed to stay away from that and reject that. We don't live by its principles. Rather, we fix our eyes on Jesus. We set our sights on Him. We set our minds on things above. We read a verse in Sunday school this morning about setting our minds on, on things above in Colossians chapter 3. All these and more are simply ways we describe living by faith. That's what the Bible... It's full of these phrases, these um, metaphors and such. Keep your eyes on Jesus. By His example, 
Noah made a very strong statement about the coming judgment of God. A lot of times we want to make a strong statement about loving God. And that's good. Uh, You know, we need to love God. But it's like that's what we want to present and project to people. Let's just love God. But yet there is judgment coming. We need to understand that from the life and example of Noah. He was a stalwart for the truth in a world filled with evil. And it wasn't just like, you know, probably 20,000 in the town that got wiped out and died. At that point, there had to have been many, many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people that died from God's judgment. Ephesians 5, 8 through 11 says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. That's the idea of when you say, I believe, I am a Christian. Therefore, what is associated with that is that you take a stand against the world system. You want to love people that are unsaved. You want to demonstrate to them the truth of the gospel in your lifestyle and in your words. But you stand opposed to the things of the world system. So, faith stands firm against the world system, but letter B, faith stands firm by being aligned with God and His Word. It all starts with a right relationship with God. At the end of verse 7, notice what it says there. He became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Listen, this is the idea. Um, when we say have a Christ-centered worldview, well, that has to be developed. Having a Christ-centered worldview is what develops by walking in faith. This idea of a Christ-centered worldview is what ought to affect every aspect of your life. I haven't arrived at it yet, but that's the idea of growing in the, in the things of God's Word. And that you relinquish the stuff of the world's system and dish it off. Get rid of it. Parents and grandparents, there's so much pressure on our young people today. There's so much pressure on them about the world system. And it comes across in very subtle ways and very personal ways. Where's my phone? They can be on their phone. And it's, it's like just pouring forth. Here's the, the world system coming across. Are your, are the young people getting confused? You know, and that's the thing of being clear with the gospel, clear with Christian living, clear with walking in faith. I want to trust God. And there's so many things that happen in life that are hard to understand. Why does this happen? We need to walk in faith. We need to trust a loving God. A God who provided the refuge for your salvation in Jesus. Noah became an heir of righteousness. 
Listen, this, this had to have started, you know, early on. And again, when the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, it wasn't that Noah all of a sudden was all together and packaged just right at that moment. No, he was learning and growing in the things of God. And listen to what 2 Corinthians 5 tells us. 2 Corinthians 5 says, If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things, these things of faith, all these things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Right? We align ourselves with, with what God has done. God has sent Christ to die on the cross. Have you been reconciled with God? Reconciled means to have a, a broken relationship made right again. Reconciled. Have you been reconciled back in a right relationship with God? I didn't say perfect on your part. It's perfect on His part. Because of Christ and His righteousness. That's what, when a person puts faith in Christ, that's what's imputed, credited, marked on their account. Perfect righteousness of Christ. You got that? That's what we need to remind ourselves of. But if you've not been reconciled to God, you end up, in a, as our story says, you, may, you end up outside of the ark. And the wrath of God is falling upon people. And it will fall upon people in the end. So, he had become an heir of his righteousness. And an heir is simply someone who has received an inheritance. As believers, we are heirs of the promises of God. We've been given His righteousness already. It's been credited to our account. And that comes by faith. This ongoing principle that we see all throughout Scripture, the principle of faith, He, God offers no other option, no other alternative. Faith is where a person places all hope, all weight, all dependence on its object. And in this case, for believers, it's faith in the person of Jesus. Many people like to talk about faith. Oh, I have faith. Faith in what? Faith always has an object. And some people have faith in the object of, uh, oh, I hope everything goes great. Hope, you know, just optimism, optimism. Faith in optimism. Faith in humanity. Faith in goodwill. No, Christian, you must have faith in the person of Jesus Christ. In contrary wise, think of it when we put faith in our works. Faith in our works is something that you're saying, hey, I got it together. I'll do all right. I don't need anything to help. I'll do it all right by myself. And that's a crock of lies right there.
God says in Titus chapter 3, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in our righteousness, but according to His mercy. Okay? So, whose righteousness are you banking on? Okay? Is it truly in Jesus Christ? Then, the last point, point number five, faith's refrain. This is what we need to repeat over and over again. As you reflect on Noah... His life and his legacy, what should come to mind? Is it the rainbow? We have a society that loves the rainbow. We have a culture of people that love the rainbow. But it's for the wrong reason. It's, it's a perversion of the sign of the rainbow. When we think of Noah, what should come to mind? Saving the animals. I, I implied that earlier. Is it a, a cute children's story? But let's save the animals. Let's be nice to the animals. And all dogs go to heaven. Uh, whatever. What comes to mind when you think of Noah? What should come to mind? Letter A. The reminder of God's retribution against sin. The retribution against sin. The retribution against man's rebellion. Why is that important? Why do we need to emphasize that? Why? Because God is holy. God is perfect in His holiness. And that's something we should glory in. Not for the sake of those who are punished, but for the sake of a holy, perfect God. He doesn't have anything wrong with Him. There's nothing that we can accuse him of. He is perfect in holiness, perfect in righteousness, perfect in his justice. I don't know, some of you probably watched the O.J. Simpson movie uh, that they have on ESPN. And what a, what a horrific display of justice. Terrible. <laughs> that that guy got away with a double murder. But you know what? God doesn't miss out on anything. God is a perfect judge. But you know what? When we think of this, we think of all those pagans that are going to get punished. You know what? Right now, we still have the opportunity to tell people, God punished His own Son for your sake. God punished Jesus and poured His wrath out on Jesus. So that you might be rescued. So that you would come to know Him. So that you might have a right relationship with your Creator. Praise God for what Jesus accomplished. So, what should come to mind when we think of Noah? The retribution of God against sin. And letter B, the reminder of God's refuge and promise. The reminder of God's refuge and promise. The the refuge of the ark. God's salvation. He provided it. It was God's provision. And God has provided for you, my friend. And He's calling that you will enter the ark, enter through Jesus Christ, the only way of salvation. And the promise of the rainbow Yes, we still see the rainbow 
And every time we see it, we ought to remember the fact that God said, I will never flood this earth again with water. I I won't destroy all flesh with the, the flood of water. What will he destroy the earth with? Fire. Next time it happens, he will destroy this earth with fire. Again, it's about his judgment. His judgment. His righteous judgment. Believer, have you found your... I'm sorry. (laughs) In a general sense, have you found your refuge in Jesus Christ? He's the only refuge that will stand against the coming wrath of God. And believer, you and I must continue on this walk of faith, this journey of faith. Don't get discouraged. You keep your eyes, you keep looking to Jesus Christ who, is, who, who went through it all for you. You keep your eyes on Him through all the stuff that happened. You, you get up again and you look to Jesus. And you say, Lord Jesus, I need your help. You keep looking to Him, keep walking with Him. The, the world will get its, its influence in. We need to say, no, I'm not going to be influenced by that. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to have a faith that stands firm as we go. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And all too often, my sight and your sight is fixed on the things of this earth. God, help us that we might have eyes that are fixed on a risen Savior who is a perfect, sufficient Savior. Let's stand, please. And just bow your heads. Noah, his life, his Legacy reminds us that faith is initiated by God's grace. Faith takes God seriously. Faith brings forth good works. And faith stands firm. And faith reminds ourselves of the truths of God. So may Christ dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.